0: It's another episode of the Inside the Eyeball podcast, episode 2 of 2022. Uh, I think episode 7 overall. Eric Evenson, Art Carmody, former Lou Groza Award winner, former chairman... Uh, he brings the brain. I just talk and ask Art questions. So uh, Glad to uh, be here. Yeah, glad to be here. A good show. Art is going to talk about uh, the Combine. We, we The Independence Bowl had six players participate in the 2022 NFL Combine. So Art was there also in... 2008. 2008. You weren't born yet. No, I was. I was 14 at that point. Okay. Uh, so Art participated in the Combine, so we want to get uh, his take on... Uh, what goes on and just get his experience and then also talk a little bit about spring ball the teams are uh getting ready and some of them are already practicing for the uh for the spring so when to get arts uh arts experiences during spring ball so good episode we're also going to talk to new chairman of the independence bowl the 2022 chairman rob rubel uh and uh, learn a little bit about him and what's he what he wants to do for the uh, upcoming year with the independence bowl so It'll be a good episode. Uh, Make sure to subscribe, share the podcast wherever you listen. Uh, Let's get into it. Art, so as I mentioned, the 2022 Scouting Combine Independence Bowl had six players that have played in the bowl that uh, participate in the combine. It's changed a lot, obviously. Now guys uh, pretty much just pick and choose a couple events that they want to participate in. Or uh, drills they want to participate in, and then the other ones
1: they sit out and wait for their pro days. Uh, Well, not much. That that hasn't changed. I mean, it was still the same thing back when I was there, too.
0: Okay. What do kickers do for the uh, combine?
1: Uh, We kick. You kick? That's what we do. Do you run the 40? No, I'll get to. You want me to just take you through kind of the the process? Yeah, I mean, what? So, like. What's
0: it like when you get there the uh, the interviews it's all interviews first, right and then no. uh,
1: okay, cool. no so I'll take you through the process yeah take me through the process because um, I've never been there. I have so yeah. I'll, I'll, so basically they send out the invitation they send out the first round of invitations right around um, end of the college football season through kind of the the first of the year and uh, I was fortunate enough I was home uh, it was turned right after the Christmas holidays. And uh, I got the invitation, and it was sent to my house. Were you um,
0: expecting to get
1: invited? I was hoping to get invited. Um, uh, you know, in, t- in talking to my, I had just signed with an agent, probably, I don't know, a few weeks prior, and, and he thought that there was a good chance that I would get uh, invited to the combine just based on my scouting grade and all the scouting reports that were uh, that were being generated. But it's, it's, it's cool. You get a packet, a package in the mail. Um, with the official invite, you know, to the uh, the 2000 at this point was 2008, 2008 NFL Scouting Combine, uh, they you have to fill out a whole bunch of uh, information, and then um, you send it in, and then at that point, uh, you wait for the combine. And a lot of agents they'll take you if you're like a quarterback, or if you're a big position player or whatever, you'll go to these, um, you know. Places in Arizona and Florida to train. train. I guess all you do is all you do is just um, eat right, work on your forty, work on your position drills. They 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 are training you just for uh, this event. You didn't do that,
0: no. Just go kick in Loyola. No,
1: well, I was in Louisville, and so you know uh, they offered it. They offered me, hey, do you want (laughs) to go train somewhere? Like, no, I got a perfectly good weight room here at Louisville, (laughs) and I've got access to you know the the field and the indoor facility when I need it. And so I was like, just get me some NFL football. So my yeah. agent basically just, like, you know, sh- shipped me, like, 20 NFL footballs and so I could go and, you know, and practice. Um, but it, everything's trained for these few days that you're in Indianapolis. I remember talking to, to Brian Brom, who's going through the process with me. He had moved out of our house that we lived in. He was in Arizona training with, you know, Athletes First was the agency. They put him up at this, mm-hmm. you know, place to, to train, and he was taking me through the Basically, it's day by day and it's just exhausting. I mean, you're, you know, you're just, you want to be in the best shape and the best, you know, uh, you know, mental space you can be for the combine. Cause it is a grueling few days. It is designed to, um, not to mess with you psychologically, but just like we're going to cram all this stuff in, uh, in yeah. so many days. See we're how you can tell- handle the pressure. Yeah. We're not going to tell you exactly when you're going to be doing things. Um, you know, then we're gonna we're gonna bombard you with questions and interviews, and it's basically designed to basically tell you you suck. Yeah, <laughs> really, that's what it boils down to. Because when you think about it, the, these teams would love to devalue you so you fall. They know you're a good football player, but they it, they do they want to devalue you a little bit so you fall. So therefore, we don't have to pay you as much, <laughs> and we get a really good football player. I yeah. mean, it's really when you think about it, that's what it's designed to do. So, um, so, and I was excited for it. I was like, this is gonna be a cool experience, regardless. Not you know. It's not like there are like you know twenty kickers and punters being invited to come. I think yeah. the class that I was there, we had four, four kickers, three punters, and two long snappers. Okay, and so you uh, and I was in Louisville, so I dro- drove to Indianapolis. They uh, reimbursed me for my mileage when I got there. Uh, so you drive to Indianapolis, you check into the uh, the hotel, and I think it's still the I think it's still the Crown Plaza Hotel. Uh, it's pretty cool because it's like an old like train station. Nice. Hotel and so like some of the rooms are like actual like train cars. I didn't get one of those. I was like on a regular floor. But you check in, you basically get um, clothes to wear the entire time you're there. And the reason why is because it's like it's like sweatshirt, sweatpants, and then your workout stuff. But it's got your name on the back of it and a number. And uh. so basically, all the scouts and coaches they don't know who you are. Yeah, like you're you know it's not like you're walking around with you know your football jersey on your that yeah. helmet. So. They've got a list of, you know, names and numbers. And so uh, it says like, you know, K, I was like K, uh, yeah, I was like K1, I think cause I was, it's alphabetical. Yeah. And so they uh, uh, are able to just grab you at random times. Like if they see you and it's kind of the downtime, like, oh, I, I want to knock out this interview with you real quick. And yeah. So that's why, that's why everybody wears the same things. So they know who you are, they can identify you easily. So you check in, you get all that, you put that on, and then they take you via shuttle to the hospital. You go to Indianapolis, you know, I don't know what the name of the hospital is, Indianapolis Memorial Hospital, whatever. Yeah. And you're basically just waiting in groups, and they're um, – Do a physical? Yeah, essentially a physical. They're doing, like, blood work. They, they, and they have all of your medical files from college. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and some of them, they go back to, like, high school. The NFL was able to get pretty much everything. <laughs> And uh, for me, it wasn't much, you know, anything at all. Yeah. I'll get to that in a second. But you're just waiting. Like, you're just waiting. Like, they got snacks for you to eat. And, you you know, this is, like, pre-iPhone. So, you know, you kind of just listen to music, like an MP3 player or something. Yeah. Just waiting are talking to other guys. So, you're there in groups. So, like, the like D-linemen and um, I think the D-linemen and O-linemen were there first. And then the second day... Like the kickers, the specialists, and like the linebackers and tight ends, I think show up. Okay. And then like the third day, the quarterbacks and running backs and receivers show up, and then like the DBs and I don't oh I don't know. They, but you're staggered. Yeah. They're, you're yeah. staggered. Um, so like basically, it's just like us and like some of the linemen and tight ends, and we're just um, sitting in this waiting for you know your physicals. You go in, you get like your blood drawn. Um, they uh, just do a routine physical, and if they if there's anything that's been flagged already by the teams, you get MRI, you get X-ray, you get all this stuff for yeah. the medical exam, which is the um, the next day. So you, the first day is essentially you just spend at the hospital, you, and like I was there for I was probably there for like I don't know three three hours tops maybe, but you hear stories of like guys that show up at like 10 a.m. and they're there till eight. Oh because they're God. just like, oh, we need to get this X ray. We need to wait for the MRI machine. We need to do this. Oh, this got flagged. We need to go back and you know yeah. and do do whatever. So that's a long day. And then um, you have dinner that night. And then um, basically, you have a when you got there, you get a card. And it basically, if a team has, you're allowed. I think each player is allowed. I want to say you're there three night. I made 15 to 20 interviews. Okay. With the team and a yeah. team has to like designate I want to interview you. Yeah. So you yeah, go, the team
0: has X amount of interviews. Yeah, the interviews team has too. X amount. Of, yeah, yeah they
1: have X amount. Of, they don't get to interview everybody yeah. one-on-one. And by when I when I say that, it's like basically there's a air horn and in these hotel suites where the teams are and the air horn will blow and that's like 15 minutes and you go into that team that interviewed and then the air horn blows again, and you go to the next one. And okay. and you go through. And so None of the specialists had any. We didn't have any formal interviews. Nobody. They're not did. wasting. They're not wasting an interview on us. But then I saw like Brian. My, my, when Brian got there, my teammate, I saw his card. His card was full because he was one of yeah. the top quarterbacks. So his night was like basically booked with like interviews with with these teams. Yeah. But all the other players, you basically just go into like this big like convention room of the hotel, and there was all these tables, and that's where like all the special teams coaches were, and position coaches are, and yeah. head scouts. And they're basically it's just like speed dating. Yeah. They're just like, oh hey, Art, come hey come visit with us real quick. And they would do kind of the informal, um, not an interview, but kind of it, like, it is an interview. Yeah, but it's oh, not okay. it's not one with like the general manager owner. Yeah, yeah, you it's know, not that. one of the designated correct. Yeah, yeah. So they're basically just get filling out forms, and you're filling out forms, and you know handing information. And the, what what sucked was like if you had an actual interview, you, the team like gave you something like they gave you like uh, a, a hat or a shirt. So like Brian was like walking around with, like, just yeah. team gear, yeah, you Yeah, know? nothing. No I know, uh, like, the Raiders, I think, gave me, like, a beanie to wear or something there like you that, nice. you know. But, they were like, some of those guys had stuff to, to hand out. But you're really just sitting around, just wasting time, um, uh, asking, to, you know, to be interviewed, waiting to be interviewed. So, like, I I'd interviewed I'd interview with every special teams coach yeah. that was there, which was pretty cool because you get to the- – you see these guys on TV. And that was the cool part about the combine is you'd walk through the hallways – and you'd see, like, oh, there's Mike Tomlin. Oh, there's Mike Shanahan. Yeah. You know, oh, there's Bill Belichick. You know, you just, they're walk, everybody's just walking around. They're there. And it's pretty cool to just to see, like, all the NFL just, yeah. you know, crammed into. Should have tried to talk to Bill. And, no, I was not. In, you know, he'd be like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> uh, and so that first night you're spent just doing that and interviewing and just mingling with the other, other players. And then the next morning is the drug test. They get you up at, like, 4 a.m., I think, <laughs> for the drug test, and it's, you know, it's not like the one, that, like, it's just, you're, like, they're watching you do it. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you're you peeing into the cup, and they're testing for all the steroids, treat drugs, and, you know, whatever, yeah. but that just, n- now you're up, and you can't, they, and then they design it to where, like, well, you gotta wait until, like, everybody's done, and then there's breakfast, so you're always tired. Yeah. Like, that's one of their things, too, is, like, the, we're not, you're not just gonna have nap time, like, yeah. you're gonna be tired, so... You do that, you're already tired, you have breakfast, then then you go, we went in, and this was still when like the RCA dome was the stadium, so that's yeah. where all the medical evaluations were being done. Okay. So now you have your file from the day before. Yeah. So all your x-rays, medical records, MRIs, all that stuff. You go and you're waiting. Now, now that, that was the longest day, was waiting to be medically evaluated by the team. So you'd go into a room, and each room had five teams, and there would be team doctors for... Uh, for you know, all these teams and they'd be in there and they'd be looking at your charts and this and that. Yeah. And so you'd be in the room, you'd be like on deck. I'm going next. Well there's an offensive lineman in there who's had fifteen surgeries in their life and they're just like prodding you know, poking, prodding, asking questions. Oh, let me see this. Oh, you know what, we we, we need to, you need to go get another X ray. And that's what was like so they would send those guys back to the hospital. Yeah. Um to get X rays. Uh, or they had, actually they had some mobile MRIs and mobile X rays on site. To, to go do that stuff, but you'd just be sitting waiting and just like holding your files waiting. <laughs> so when I got medical when I would go and I did all for every team, most of it was pretty I was in there five minutes. Yeah. You're like, oh kicker, are you go- Are you healthy? Yeah. Anything wrong? Is your leg no? good? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Any issues with the leg? Nope. Good. But so it it is amazing that they get your record. So like my sophomore year at Louisville, I had uh I had been kicking so much that I developed like a little like calcium like thing on my knee it was kind of painful but it it was nothing it no you know didn't have any surgery or anything like that it just you did therapy on it and went away well they like flagged it and they're like oh we need to get an MRI on <laughs> so I had to go get, you know wait for the MRI get an MRI on my knee and then go back to that room yeah you know wait again till, till I was able to go in um, and uh, and get that checked out so that's a long day yeah. Then you do the same thing that night, again, that you're sitting in that room for an interview. So you can't yeah. just, like, I'm going to go back to the room and just rest. Yeah, I'm going to go
0: watch TV. Yeah, i go know,
1: watch like. TV. So, like, you uh, – and that's another thing, too. Like, they didn't want you – like, scouts are always watching you. Yeah. Like they want to see how you react to, um, you know, all, all this stuff. I think there was an article about an Alabama player that he, like, got frustrated with the medical stuff. And he, yeah. like, left the combine or they sent him home or yeah, something. Yeah, I can't remember who
0: that was. It so oh, Foster – it might have been re- yeah, yeah, I think it was Reuben Foster. So
1: and I get it. I totally understand it cuz yeah. like you're just you're just mentally fried you yeah. know, when you're when you're doing it and I'm just a kicker. Like yeah. I'm not it's not like I'm in my other position. So you do the same thing the next night you're waiting um, uh, for uh you know to interviews and, and you know you you don't do all the interviews in one night. There's there're multiple nights to do the interviews. So you do that and then the the next day it's usually the testing day. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And for us, it was, um, um, oh, you also have to do like this. So you had to do the wonderlick so like we. Took, oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So we took the wonderlick test. Um, I think I got like a thirty-four on it. It's pretty a good. Thirty-three, thirty-four. Uh, I think it's what's max fifty. Fifty, yeah. yeah. Um, and then a lot of the teams will give you like little like psychological tests or like questionnaires to fill out. And those, that's when you hear all the famous stories of, like, well, the New York Giants have, like, that 200-page psychological test. Yeah. Um, Did you have to go through that? No, they didn't. I didn't have that one. Uh, but they gave you were, they It, give it you was those. Reuben Foster, by the way. It was? Yeah, yeah.
0: he got in a, a verbal altercation with a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I see that, too, because these doctors <laughs> are like, these
1: doctors are like, you're going to do this. Uh, I'm in charge. Um. So, anyways, so, they, so you do the Wonderlick stuff you do some of those psychological tests and then we just like waited until it was our time to go to the stadium, to the, the stadium to kick. Yeah. And so we, we go to the stadium. Did you opt kick. out at
0: the 40 or did they just not make you do it?
1: No. So here's the funny story is <laughs> like the, the 40 would have been after we kicked. Um, yeah. or maybe, we, maybe it was before. So the funny thing is, so the tight ends are all bench pressing. Uh-huh. And so we, we had a couple of the snappers that like wanted to bench press. Yeah. And so all the kickers and punters were like, we don't, we're not bench pressing. Like, I'm gonna do 225 once. Like, <laughs> the funniest thing is like that's all pretty good. 225 the, uh, once. Yeah, I could do it one time. Yeah. Uh, all the scouts are in there, and it's like stadium seating for all these scouts, and there's there's packed with yeah. all these scouts, and they're watching the tight ends just you know sling 225 like it's nothing. The last tight end gets done, and the 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 guy that's in charge of the um, the coach that's in charge of like the the bench press thing was like, okay, yeah. and now the specialist. Every single uh, scout and it's coach was out. out. Like the poor long snappers. Like, <laughs> like there was one guy in there, and I think he was just finishing a report from the tight ends. He really wasn't even paying attention. And he, you know, they watched those guys bench press. Yeah, we all opted out. That basically, you don't opt out of the forty. You just like they're like, hey, you gonna run the forty? I'm like, no, and I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> they don't really care. They don't <laughs> yeah. care about the kickers and punters to run in the forty. So then we kicked, uh, and that's nerve wracking because you're kicking and. Um, it, you know, it's just—it's not in the state. It's quiet. It's it, it's yeah. quiet in there. All the coaches and the special teams coordinators are behind the uprights, oh, yeah. and so they're watching you kick. Um, we start off. We do. We start off kicking off. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. We thought we were going to start off kicking off, and that's when they kind of throw curveballs at you, like, no, you're actually going to kick field goals first. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Now we got to quickly get ready for field goal. So they yeah. do the first thing we do. You do five kicks from the. Um, from five yards in front of the uprights, and they want you to kick it over the upright. So they're looking at, you, can you get the height necessary? Yeah. The height so you can get a block. So nobody had any issues with that. We all found that, and then we did. So you're like
0: halfway in the end zone. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. They want you to kick it over the upright. Okay. Um. Or the crossbar. I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, then we had 15 field goals, and basically start at like the, the 30. Yeah, and you do like three in each spot, and you end up backing up. No, you go three from each spot. Go back. you kick fifteen total. You finish with three from fifty, and um I was perfect. I was the only kicker. There. Yeah, yeah, fifteen for fifteen. And so it's with snap and hold, which is I mean, kind of nerve wracking. Oh yeah. like you're not you used to these guys. Yeah, it's not a holder, you know. And they and the coaches work. there like, I'm sure it's
0: weird for weird for you too, more so than others because you're a lefty.
1: Yeah, and I was the only left foot. No, actually, it, there was two. There were two lefties there, me and yeah. Taylor Melhoff. And and luckily, and I will say this, the punters were so cool. They're like, listen, like we're we're not gonna screw you over. Like, um, I'll pull it. if I don't think it's a good hold. I'm gonna pull it. Yeah. Like, so you're not you know messed up. So, um, but it's still nerve wracking because a will snap and hold, and they don't want you just like waiting forever to like kick. They kind of want to see you in motion. Yeah. So that was kind of nerve wracking. Um, and uh, like one like one kicker, it was it was like a, it was a bad hold. I mean, everybody could see it, but he still tried to kick it anyways. And like, I mean, it was just it was a terrible. I mean it looked like just the worst kick in the world. (laughs) And the specialties coach was smart enough. He was like, doesn't count. Like we're redoing it. That one because it was just obvious like kicker had no chance. Yeah. So we did that. I was the only one that went 15 for fifteen. Is that more nerve wracking than kicking in a game? Um No, it's about the same. But it's just you know that's like there's more on it. Yeah. Well I take that back because games are games are more important. But just like You just know, like, your professional career is kind of not on the line, but, like, it's important to have a good showing. Yeah. So, you know, going 15 for 15, that was a really, really cool feeling at the time. What's the difference between NFL balls and college balls? Um, Not much because, fortunately, they let us use some – we used the K-balls from the – I think from the Colts. Like, they were from, like, the weeks, like their final few weeks of the regular season. Mm -hmm. So they were – they had been used in the games; they weren't like exactly brand new, yeah. so it was not as bad uh, as you think. But no, they don't go as far. I mean, that's oh, just really? yeah, that's just because re- they're they're still like brand new out of the box. Yeah, um, but but that's that was our big thing. Like, are they going to make us use like brand new balls, K balls, or are we going to use like broken in balls? Like, what we, you don't know. And so when we saw that, it was kind of like, okay, these are okay. These yeah. are you know, there's not going to not going to hurt us any. So then we did kickoffs. We did 15 kickoffs. Um, that's where I did not do as well. Like I did okay going like deep. Like, kicking deep middle. Yeah. Um, and I did okay going to the uh, to the uh left because that's what I was used to doing in college. And then going from right, like, I just was like – and, and, again, you're also you're trying to kill it because they yeah. want to see, like, you crush the, the football. <laughs> especially that time because we're still kicking off from the 30. Yeah. And that year before, the two years before that, Josh Cribs and Devin Hester were just wreaking havoc on yeah. special teams coordinators because – No if one you wanted to kick it to anyone. No, and if you didn't kick it nine yards deep – or out of the end zone, like yeah. they're running it back, yeah. and so that they they were really putting a premium on leg strength. And so I was putting them about four or five yards deep, six yards deep in the end zone, which is great. I mean, in college, that's yeah. back back of the end zone. Out of the end zone, that wasn't cutting it at that point for yeah. the NFL. Now, if it if I was coming out now where I'm kicking off from the thirty-five, well, that's back of the end zone. Like yeah. now, I've got probably more of a shot to yeah. be an NFL kicker. Different than I did game. You would have made it these days. I, I like to think I would have, especially yeah. because there's now more of a premium on accuracy. Yeah. Um, with the extra points being further back and whatnot. Anyway, so that has nothing to do with the combine. That's your question about the combine. So we did that. We kick off and then and then essentially we're kind of done. Yeah. Like we're like we don't have to do anything. Do anything else. They kind of want you to. Oh, I forgot the other part. So before you go to the hospital for the medical eval, you do the underwear thing where you have to go stand in front of everybody in your, uh, uh, you know, your in your tight shorts yeah. Yeah. and do the height weight arm measurements, What'd you, What'd you stuff. weigh in at? Weigh in. I was five, I'm f- I tell everybody I'm five nine, but when I measured the common, I was like five eight and three quarters. And then I think I weighed in at like 177, nice 178. Um, I, what I should have done, I should have gone to the tanning bed before then. Cause you know me, like I'm not the most, you know, kind of just fair skinned guy. And one of our tight ends was there and he was like, you should have gone to the tanning bed. I went to the tanning bed. I'm like, I can see you went to the tanning bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so you do that, and that's just—it's just, just nerve. I mean, nobody wants you to stand in front of their un- in their underwear and just yeah. like have everybody staring at you. Like that's, just, but that's what it is. Yeah. You know. Now, granted, they didn't care because I was a kicker. But like you can see, like other guys, they're like look, you know, looking hard at you. Yeah. Um, so that's before you go to the the hospital. So you do that, and then on the uh, so we you I got done with the kicking, and then. They don't let any agents or anybody else into like the RCA Dome or anything to mm-hmm. do with the combine. You have to have a credential to get in. But we could go out if we needed to. So yeah. after I got done kicking, I went and met with my agent. Um, uh, visited with him for a while. Matt Flynn, quarterback from LSU, he was also represented by the same agent. So Matt and I went and visited with him. Uh, then Matt and I went to the. They had like a Nike suite thing, so we went nice. there and I got some Nike gear. It's pretty cool, free like that Nike kind of stuff. Swag. Yeah, free nice, nice stuff. And then uh at dinner that night, more interviews. Then the next morning is um was uh, position specific stuff for the like tight ends and quarterbacks and stuff. And so I stayed and watched um watched some of that. Oh, they also do like the like the famous Tom Brady photo you see from the combine. Yeah. We had to do that too. So uh, that was yeah. done, that was done that last morning. Um, do that photo. <laughs> so you're like standing in your underwear again <laughs> photo. Oh, they also do an interview. Um and that was done. I can't remember which day that was done, but on can on camera interview with like one of the scouts where they're basically just like they're asking you all these questions from your past, yeah, uh, college experience, all that stuff, and it's all taped. It's about twenty minutes, and our agents, my agent, they actually sent me to Atlanta to do a training with our draft class. Like yeah. the RG, like there was like you know fifteen of us in our draft class, all different positions. They sent us to Atlanta like do the training for the video. Yeah, and it was funny. Uh, I did like it when I went to do my training like one on one with the guy. He was like, "Okay, I'm asking questions and hey, I'm going to see how you answer it and we'll coach you up on how to answer stuff." I yeah. like, oh, "Okay, whatever. You know, sure." Uh and he asked me all the questions we got done. And he was like, "I think you're good." Like, "Yeah, I think you, you know, you know how to answer <laughs> questions, so you know, you don't you don't have any skeletons in the closet." Like, I think I think we're good. And then like so I was in there like in and out like 20 minutes talking yeah. to the guy. Some of those guys were in there for hours, you know, <laughs> trying to be coached up on how to answer questions. And it just like I'm curious, like how bad were their answers yeah. to where we got to coach them up this much before we send them to Indianapolis? Yeah. Uh, so they do they do that thing on cameras. That that was actually I enjoyed that because it was just like talking to a guy about yeah. my you know family history, career, college experience, strengths, weaknesses, all that. And they're just they're looking. I know they're looking for things. Yeah. You know, answers, and that's where you hear stories of like they. Something they ask some invasive questions. Yeah, um, you know, for different players. Uh, not going to do that with you though. No, no, not with me. So that that was uh, that was easy. And then another fun thing is like all the TVs in the place where we were, like where the players lounge or players kind of hang out and everything. All the TVs are on like NFL Network. And the number one pick in that year's draft was uh, Jake Long, offensive yeah. lineman from Michigan. It would be funny. Like I was, it was like me and Alexis Serna, the kicker for Oregon State, mm-hmm. who's been a good friend of mine. Uh, for years uh since then we were just sitting there and like Jake long is sitting right next to us like <laughs> drinking the water and it's like you know, TV's he, talking about TV's him, literally yeah. talking about him like is he gonna be the first pig Is he good? what is he good at this is what he's not good at and Jake I heard Long's he was just, terrible in his interview yeah Jake long just sitting there like he's super nice. he was like huh okay, yeah, interesting he just you know, watching it uh and so so that Saturday morning once it was kind of like, okay, you're done with everything you can stay and watch stuff if you want but at that point, I was just exhausted and ready to get back to Louisville. Yeah. And so, you know, I drove, drove back, and like I literally got home, and um, uh, that evening. and Brian was coming back the next day, which was going to be cool because we got to rehash the combine together. But like, I literally got home and like, I mean, I think I went to bed and slept for like twelve hours <laughs> because I was just you know mentally and physically just exhausted from that experience, yeah. from the experience, which is a really cool. Really cool experience. Not many people get to say they were invited to the NFL Combine. Yeah, that's pretty awesome to go through that. But um, uh, it was uh, it it was really it was really cool, really cool experience. So, what questions do you have from that? What I just explained all. I
0: I think I I think you covered every inch of the NFL Combine there. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, I I've been sitting here thinking about you know all the stories you hear from the Combine, but that's you know you covered everything. Yeah,
1: it's a gr- it's a grueling um, it's a grueling few days, uh, and it goes back like so. It goes back to like I told ta- we've talked about Colt Brennan before on the podcast, and it was interesting. Like he, you know he had gone we had gone he'd gone to the Senior Bowl, and then we did the Skills Challenge, and he was skinny at the time. And obviously now we know more about his past and, yeah. but I think a lot of that stuff was after the fact. I don't think it was more so while he was in college, but the scouts had told him like, you need to put on weight. Yeah. And so when he showed up to the combine, like when I saw him, I was like, Oh, like <laughs> I can tell <laughs> that you been trying to, to put on yeah. weight. Like he looked, just look big. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of that stuff where like, Guys, you know, need to put on weight. They need to show they've put on weight or they need yeah. to show they've lost weight. They need, you know, yeah, like they, need to be in good you know, shape. Some um,
0: and sometimes you then, you know, they lose too much weight and it's like, well, he's you know, he, he tested out of the you know, off the charts, but he's not gonna be doing that at that weight. So, yeah, you know, yeah. is, is, is that really legit? It's so it's every
1: part is being just picked to pieces, yeah, and um. Yeah, and then you watch. I mean you watch these guys run to forty and it's just like you can tell they've just been that's all they've done for like the last like yeah, just got to, to train for the forty. 40. Yeah. And these guys are fast too. Like, Shave off like yeah, you know, half a like, one, you know, half a tenth of a second. Yeah. Or whatever. Um so yeah, it's it's uh it's it's a cool it's a neat thing. If you're a football fan, like and I, I think they may have opened it up to the public now, or there was some discussion about selling tickets, may or maybe but in the past. I don't know if COVID had anything to do with that. But if you're a football fan, like it's a cool thing to go see yeah um and, and, it, and it's a TV thing now it is like it's all oh, yeah it's a TV production um you know there were cameras everywhere uh while we were there there were there were cameras like while we were eating meals you know yeah. um you know filming us and, and and just following you around everywhere but uh yeah, it was cool and I was I was honored to be invited and you know even though my NFL career didn't pan out how I thought it might or could uh it's still cool to say that you know I was one of the few that's you know uh, I've been invited to the NFL Combine. Yeah,
0: yeah, no. Thank you for telling us uh, your experience with the NFL Combine. We were going to get into some spring football art, but uh, I don't think we uh, have time. To so, all. yeah, no, that's fine. That was that was really great insight. So, uh, we'll talk about spring football the next time. It's still going to be uh, going on with some schools yep. in our uh, when we record our next podcast. So, we'll talk about it the next time. Uh, let's kick it now to Rob Rubel, 2022 Independence Bowl Chairman, uh, took over a few days ago in early March. So uh, let's kick it to him. Good interview. Learn some about our new chairman here with the Independence
1: Bowl. And I'll say this, Rob is, uh, I've known Rob for years now. He's. I've served with him on the executive committee, and I could not be uh, more pumped for him taking over. I thought Frank Auer did a fantastic job the last two years dealing through the COVID issues. Yep. Um, had a you know great, great game this year, and he brought in a great title sponsor. But uh, Rob's ready to go. Rob's done a great job of learning just kind of the bowl um how things work for the conferences and the title sponsor and and yep. he's gonna have he'll have my full support and i know you know everybody else on the the committee is uh excited for him
0: yeah he's gonna be really great so uh let's kick it to him here on the inside the eyeball podcast <whistles> welcoming now on the inside the eyeball podcast the 2022 chairman of the independence bowl it was supposed to be 2021 it was but it got pushed back rob Rubel uh rob thank you for joining us uh about time huh for uh for your chairmanship year to come absolutely you got
2: pushed back a little bit with uh with covid yeah thanks for having me this yeah. is uh this is good stuff you guys are doing with this podcast
0: thank you i appreciate it uh so i just want to let people uh, know a little bit more about you as the new chairman of the bowl uh so just tell us a little bit about what you do um just about yourself here in shreveport
2: so uh i think actually at the annual meeting i said this um uh Forty-two with three kids, and I am literally right smack dab in the middle of that big fat gray area of life, <laughs> <laughs> and it's about all the excitement I can take. That's just a quick window into uh, into where I'm at currently. But I got to Shreveport uh, initially for college. Yeah. Uh, in 1997. Okay. Um, I don't know if you were even born yet. But I was three. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 So. So you were there. Uh, I was. I was about 20 years behind you, in coming to Shreveport.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, that's about right, yeah. Only 20. Dropping <laughs> the bucket, right? I came to Centenary on a real small baseball scholarship. Um, played ball for three years. Uh, I met my wife that second year. Uh, we moved back up to the Chicago area where I went to work in fire protection. Moved back down to Shreveport in 2010 where I work here in fire protection for fire tech systems.
0: Okay, what do you do for fire tech? Uh, sell fire sprinklers. Wow. Okay.
2: You got, a, uh, you got a job that needs to be bid. I'm your man. Nice. Uh,
0: so uh, you got three kids. I do. What ages? 13,
2: 10, and four.
0: Okay. All right. So uh, y- you're in the teenage phase with a couple of them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right smack dab in <laughs> made, the middle of you made it. Made a yeah. nice face there. Actually, actually not. Uh, <laughs> it's not too bad yet. My my daughter's. ther She's the teenager right now. She's. She's been smarter than me for the last five years, so she's yeah. a good kid. She's uh, does well in school, and my middle one swims. Nice. Uh, and my little one keeps his mom and I on our toes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, a lot of energy. I'm sure he'll He's uh, all gas, no brakes. <laughs> That's pretty much Jake. In a you heartbeat. gotta yeah. gotta
0: get him involved in sports here soon.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just like wind him up and just open the car door and he just goes and <laughs> tears into whatever we we throw him in. So. Yeah, sports would be a good channel for that.
0: So, uh, Chicago native, uh when you moved down to uh Shreveport, you didn't think you're going to be here for uh for the long haul, huh? Um,
2: you know, well, the first time no.
0: Cuz I'm in the same boat as you. i not from here, you know. I they,
2: actually well, I actually moved to Shreveport for Shreveport in a lot of ways. Um It's it's easy for me. To do that same. Job. I love what I do. Yeah, and I didn't mention that earlier, but uh, I work a lot, and uh, not working in Chicago area and working here, just the convenience of Shreveport probably gives me an extra hour to a day with my family I wouldn't yeah. normally have. Just just in the absence of the traffic alone. Yeah, but I love it, and, and I wouldn't probably wouldn't get involved with things like the Independence Bowl. There just wouldn't be time for it, or it'd be like an hour drive across town to get there. Yeah, and you know it's just. After a while, you, you just – you stick to and it's a work small, and your
0: – Yeah, like, and it's a smaller group here where, you know, it's it's more of like kind of a family atmosphere getting involved in the oh, bowl yeah. and, and all that. So it, it is. it's a little bit
2: uh, fulfilling in that way, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I wanted to get involved with my community, and, uh, you know, I thought really for sure I'd probably end up like, I don't know, you know, working with a more charitable type organization, but I stuck with the bowl – over the last ten years and uh it's felt right. Yeah. The people are great. The community gets behind it. It's uh and look, we're a town that shouldn't really have a college football bowl game if you look at some of the numbers. Yeah. We've had one since 1976. Uh and honestly the effort it's taken to get us here is pretty, pretty magnificent. You know, I encourage anybody that's interested in even thinking about getting involved, volunteer, get involved, you'll get close to some of those stories that are just unbelievable. I'm still trying to get all of them.
0: Yeah, and it's, you know, this this town is one of the smaller markets to have a bowl game and to have it for now coming up on 46 years yeah. and to give back to the community in all the ways that this foundation and the bowl has and still does is uh, people don't understand the scope of it until you're kind of smack dab in the middle of it.
2: I still don't understand the scope of all I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I've been... I've been I, I'm employed the by the ball. I still yeah. don't understand it. It's, uh, it's way more complicated than one football game. We'll put it that way. Yeah. So how did you get involved in the bowl? So I got involved. Um, I was invited by someone that was in a similar uh, networking group here. Uh, this particular lady invited me to uh, be on a committee for the team announcement party. Uh-huh. And then about halfway through preparing for that right around bull week probably um she had to get a new job and moved oh okay and so you somehow i ended up i think i was the only other guy at the meeting at the time <laughs> <laughs> that might have been why but uh so i ended up um as the co-chair of that that committee and uh, thank god for Claire Rabouche cuz she actually like showed me what the heck i was supposed to do and yeah you know. I don't think I would have decorated that room half as well. <laughs> Just not my thing.
0: Yeah. So, started out in special events, public events, and you've done everything from There's you know, a lot of them. Yeah, from uh, hospitality, game management, yes. uh external affairs. Uh, what's uh what are some of the things over the years that, you know, have kind of been
2: eye-opening to you or you know, probably all of them. <laughs> um, I would say probably most, though. I had to, it'd probably be hospitality, just, we talk about how important that is and how well we do it, and it's all very true, but to see it close up is, I mean, that is a commitment those people make every year. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of those games we were playing right around Christmas Day. Yeah. So to make that commitment at that time of year, that's that's a lot. You know, and you've got people sending their kids, essentially. I mean, they're big kids, but they're sending their kids here. Around Christmas time, you want to make sure they're being taken care of. So, yeah, our, our folks really do a great job. Um, they spend a lot of time up there in their uh, individual hospitality rooms, yep. getting everything right, getting everything ready, and then taking care of these people. Yeah, so it's unbelievable. One of the things
0: for me when I ca- got here to the bowl was, and this uh, it, it falls under the umbrella of, you know, a lot of people don't understand the scope of it, the game management committee
2: it was a, my number two on the a, list. a yeah. lot of
0: people just think okay fans show up players show up and there's a football game and it's uh, yeah. there's a lot more you know there's uh there's, there's committee, an entire chairs committee, chairs committee for, there that's proof that that's yeah not the, yeah I mean there's no, a committee no. chair for the trophy presentation the flyover yeah. the yeah. you know every little part of the game the, the and game management
2: by far my favorite of the committees I served on um but yeah you're right it's so much more in depth yeah I mean Again, we've got another group of volunteers there that are awesome. I mean, they, they things things look like they go on without a hitch. Yeah. Sometimes there are. You just don't see them. Yeah. And it's those people sweating, working behind the scenes that are making sure that happens. Yeah. I'm coming up on my
0: fourth game, and I think I still learn a bunch in those the uh, oh those game ops meetings when <laughs> people are going yeah. through. I'm like, oh, There's we no still doubt. we do that. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's quite the uh i mean i mean yeah those meetings are unbelievable the yeah. of information and the people that digest all that information i mean you could just go to one of those meetings and kind of get an idea just what it takes to put one game on yeah it's pretty unbelievable
0: yeah uh so as uh, as the chairman is there anything that uh you know you've kind of had i guess 4 years now to know that you were going to be the chairman eventually is there anything that you've kind of thought about or I that said, you know, this is, I, you know, during my chairmanship year, I want to have an impact on this or this or.
2: Yeah. You know, um, I've gotten asked that a couple times now. I don't know if I got the right answer. Yet. <laughs> you haven't gotten <laughs> first, it down yet. <laughs> first off, but st- starting out f- first and foremost, I would say um, right now, we've got a platform to build off of that is as stable and as strong as it's been in a while, yeah. which is awesome. That, that just in itself can create enough excitement to do great things. But um, I think from there, we really want to start building into the organization. Things like uh, we, we've started a personnel committee. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something that uh, Frank urged us to do. So I spearheaded that initial effort. We've got some great people on there. Really just trying to... Keep communication flowing between the foundation and our staff. We have a great yeah. staff, yourself included, Thank uh, you. that we, we want to make sure we're taking care of our staff. We want to make sure that we're basically giving them all the support they need to just go out and focus on what they want to do for the foundation and for the Independence Bowl. Uh Kind of like you would a team, right? Yeah. Like a good coach would do. So as boring as that sounds, <laughs> that's probably one of the things I'd like to, you know, shuffle forward and continue to build. Um, Other than that, I just...
0: But I think that's important because, you know, there there have been, uh, you know, especially with so many people involved in all different aspects of the bowl, uh, sometimes people don't understand what... It it gets lost in communication. You know, people in the foundation don't understand what the staff members are doing on a day-to-day basis, or the staff members don't understand... or don't know of like all the, you know, all the things that some of these committee members are doing that, you know, this the communication, sometimes is, it, it gets lost in there. Yeah. So I think that's always important because it so is, many people from the staff to the foundation, uh, to the executive committee do so much work every single day that uh, it sometimes then gets to November or December and you're like, oh, okay, now we really should start communicating, but it's, it, yeah. It, yeah.
2: And in those situations, it's easy to just be reactive because that's all you've got in the tank sometimes. And so hopefully we're going to put a little proactive in there. Um, But it'll take time and it'll take some figuring out. But I think for the most part, um, it's going to help everybody. Um, I think most of the people in the foundation, including the board and the executive committee, know just how much our staff does uh i want to celebrate that a little bit and celebrate what we do as as an organization you know we're unique a little now in that how old we are and how we're still we're run by a foundation yeah it's all aside from our little staff and the work they do it's volunteers yeah you know and it's pretty amazing to see that dynamic play out throughout the course of a year yeah and see some of the people like people on the hospitality division that are they're not getting paid for this yeah. you know they're out there and committing what they're you know the the effort they're putting forth is astounding yeah you know and I, I I just like to I guess to piggyback off of that first part is when we're out there, let's remember to kind of celebrate that, mention it, yeah, not just with with all of our yeah. Volunteers, all of our foundation and our staff. Yeah, and I think it's something in the end. Shreveport-Bossier City should be and will be pretty proud of. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that this bowl is still standing, we're self-run. We're not owned by some conglomerate, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and the amount of community service put into it yeah. is astounding. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, I'll talk to people
0: and they're talking about the bowl, and they ask how many people are on staff, and I say, yeah, there's six people on staff. Oh, bowls run by six people? No, it's not. It's run by hundreds of people uh, that all. Chip I would say in. the day to day is definitely run by those six people, but. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, without all the hard work of those hundreds. Oh, absolutely.
2: It's yeah. uh, you know it wouldn't. I mean, we couldn't do that. Yeah, it's th- there's a lot of work to be done, and there's you know. We're typically the underdog in most negotiating, and and a lot of situations when we're pinned up against another bowl, so. It takes that kind of an effort uh, to, to do that. And I love that about the yeah. whole. you know, that, that we're kind of that scrappy, do-what-it-takes-to-win guy that's on the team that everybody wants out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It's uh, and it's taken, you know, there's been a lot of hardships to get past in 46 years, which I think any oh, yeah. anything that lasts 46 I've years. I've only you seen get, less than a quarter of it. And, yeah, I, and I can say yeah.
2: Yeah. It's unreal,
0: but it's uh, just a testament to, like you said, the support from the community, and it's uh, it wouldn't be there, it wouldn't be here without the continued support yeah. of everyone. We're,
2: I I think I said this at the annual meeting. Uh, our, our organization, like the soul of this organization, is rooted in the work we do, mm-hmm. and I love that. Yeah, I think that's one of the main things that kept me here and not go somewhere else with my time with the community you know it's it's unbelievable what what an effort it is yeah
0: yeah uh i mean uh, before we get out of here i embarrassed you a couple a couple years ago uh with something you're a child you were a child model i was i was (laughs) i was wondering where you were talking about that that. yeah Yeah, so uh
2: (laughs) i was probably like five i mean you've seen the pictures i you know i apparently Poofy red hair and freckles was popular back then for, for kids on TV. Or, And uh, I, I think what it was was probably a scam someone tried to run on my parents and get them <laughs> to pay money. And they ended up coming out, all of us kind of ended up coming out smelling like a rose because I ended up with these commercial gigs and I was in the Sears catalog a bunch. Um, I don't, that, that probably was gone before you were even born. Sears catalog, yeah. yeah, I don't know. There's, there's <laughs> probably one online maybe, but uh, <laughs> Regardless, there's a scrapbook full of all the stuff I did as a quote unquote child model that uh, my mom my mom told me I can remember like being five or six and her telling me, I'm gonna save all these pictures and the first girl you bring home, I'm gonna show her these <laughs> pictures. And my mom literally did that. Like opened the scrapbook out and here I am. Oh, here's you know, here's Rob at five, you know, in the Sears catalog. It's great. You're Thanks. famous. get out of here (laughs) so yeah uh, a movie or two and uh movie or two yeah nice I was um I couldn't act my way out of a wet paper bag if I'm being honest so (laughs) it wasn't gonna go very far and I did not get along with the other kids in the waiting room very much so (laughs) I think by the time I hit 10 I just told my mom I don't want to do this anymore this is just too much five-year run. like I would rather be in school right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a good few years yeah it was definitely
0: Well, uh, Rob, thank you for joining us. We're really excited about this year and uh, the work we're going to put in. And uh, we'll we'll get the date here in May, and uh, it'll be hitting the ground running from there. But we're excited to work with you this year, and thank you for coming on. Thank you. That's going to do it for Episode 7 of the Inside the Eyeball podcast, the second one of 2022. Thank you guys for listening once again, and I'm glad we got to – Give you guys a little bit of a background on some new folks here with the Independence Bowl in the last couple of episodes. Andrew Givens, our new Director of Development here with the Bowl in episode 6. So if you haven't listened, go back and check that out. And then uh, Rob Rubel this episode, the new Chairman of the Independence Bowl. That position changes over every year. So uh, good to give you guys some background on Rob and his life and then what to look for uh, during his chairmanship this year. So glad we got to give you guys a little bit of insight on those two people that will be heavily involved in everything we do this year. Uh, Coming up in the next couple of months, we got some good episodes lined up. Alan Fanica will come on the podcast here in the next couple of months to talk about his playing career. Obviously a pro football Hall of Famer, also played in the Independence Bowl a couple of times. Uh, ESPN uh, sideline reporter Lawrence Sisler. Good friend of the show. Worked our game in 2018 and uh, always does great work for ESPN, so we'll get her on sometime this spring and summer. And uh, some other good guests. So continue to listen to the podcast. Continue to share it wherever you uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple. Anywhere you get your podcast. you can listen to the Inside the Eyeball podcast. Continue to spread the word. Thank you guys for listening once again, and we'll see you next time on the Inside the Eyeball podcast.